All right, this morning is, a, is again, again, it's going to be like a little bit of a different morning. I just want to turn to a scripture in, in uh, Luke, Luke chapter 17. I want to read a few verses. It's kind of a gem Sunday. There's been a few people who've been healed. And so we want them to share their stories. Uh, but I'm going to read, a script, read some scripture from Luke chapter 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. To the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. It's a beautiful story. It's a story of Jesus giving them a command and they weren't healed instantaneously. They were healed as they went to the priests. And uh, just one, one other little thing from that, uh, that, that verse. As, um, uh, sorry. There was only one who came back. One out of the ten. And he was the foreigner. It's, it's, it's the indication is that the others who were healed were Jews. He was a foreigner. And so... He came and gave thanks. And what happened when he gave thanks? Jesus said to him, rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And thanksgiving releases God's blessing, releases God's favor, releases God's healing, releases life. And you and I replicate What we celebrate. So we're going to celebrate some healings today. And the purpose of it is that it's not just the ones or twos or threes or fours who get healed. But what we're saying to the Lord, we're saying, do it again. Do it again in my life. Do it again. If you look in the Old Testament, I think they, they placed every now and again, wherever something spectacular happened, they piled stones on top of each other in remembrance. We need to remember what God has done for us. So I'm praying that even as people come this morning and say thank you for, what, for the healing, for the life that they now have, that God's going to bless them even more abundantly and our faith will be built up. My prayer and, and, uh, and Norman's prayer is that healing would be a normal part of our Sunday morning service. A normal part. And that people will start coming to this community because they know that Jesus is here and people will be healed. 
So the first person up today is Lee Eben to come and share his story. Morning, everybody. I didn't have to go to the pastor. The pastor came to me. <laughs> but um, Alan just asked me to share a bit about my story, which is a 58-year-old story. But you'll only get to hear a couple of minutes of it. Um, about four years ago, I was pondering how long I would live. And if I lived as long as my father did, I would have 18 years to go, which wasn't too bad, but I still wouldn't reach the three score years and 10. So I'm trusting that God will give me at least that. So we make our plans and they come to naught because God laughs at them. And on the 13th of March this year, that came true for me. I had a heart attack. And if you asked my GP, he would have said, impossible. There's nothing wrong with you, ever been. But also there's a word in the Bible, um, in Proverbs, which says, um, follow the commandments of the Lord and you will live long and be prosperous. Now, I did to a point, except I added smoking. And that, I think, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So anybody who has an addiction or is a smoker, you will die. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. So Alan came to me in the early hours on that fateful Sunday morning and prayed for me. And I know that the word got out into the church. And so I'm very grateful to all of you here who did pray for me. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. And notwithstanding that, all the doctors and the nurses who attended to me were as angels because the service and the treatment I got from them was exceptional. So thank you. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. I really like the scripture that, that Alan read this morning. It was Psalm 72, was it? 73. Can you just read it again, please? That Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. I'm going to read one more verse. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lee, that's a word for you today. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Thank you. Um, I just want to put this here. I'm walking up here with ease, which is a miracle, because two weeks ago, um, I went for a run in the morning, and I was feeling fine, and from lunchtime onwards, it was a Saturday, I got progressively stiffer, and by the afternoon, I was not able to walk easily at all. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I hadn't, there was no trauma that had happened. There was nothing in particular that I could pinpoint, but no position was comfortable. The only position was standing on my right leg, not with my left leg slightly bent because that was where the pain was. But it was excruciating. So no lying down, no sitting, no nothing. 
was, was, was comfortable. Eventually, Brendan said to me, just go to bed. But every step I took, I, just, I knew that by Jesus Christ's stripes, we are already healed. So I just said to him, Lord Jesus, thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that I'm healed. And I, I went to bed, but even lying down was very, very sore. So I sent a message to a friend to say, please pray for me because I'm in a lot of pain. And I expected that the, the night was going to be a long night because I, I just, I'd been encouraged by the Lord over the days before looking at the, the life of Joseph. He had gone through some very difficult times. And whenever he was in the pit or when he was in prison, he turned his face towards God. And he realized that God had a purpose for him being in that place. It wasn't comfortable and it wasn't easy, but God had a purpose. And his desire was that God would be glorified through that. And so when this started happening, I said, Lord, I want that desire. I want you to be glorified through this. And I am going to praise you. I, then not much could, I couldn't think much because the pain was so bad. But I am going to praise you. So I went through the night praising the Lord. And it was a long night, but it was a long night of praise, praise and worship. And eventually I must have fallen asleep in the wee hours of the morning because I woke up very, very peaceful the next morning, incredibly peaceful, knowing that God's presence was there. But I woke up rather stiff, but still sore. Not as sore as I was, but still sore. So I came to church in the morning, and I, um, after church, I asked if, um, if somebody could pray for me. I, I asked the elders, because it says in the Word that you need to ask the elders to pray for you and anoint you with oil. But I just want to read you the scripture that I'd read the day before, which David had written, which was Psalm 27, which says, and he'd gone through some difficult times. He said, one thing I ask from the Lord... This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted over the, above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord." And I know in 1 Chronicles also, it talks about in his presence, in the dwelling place of the Lord, is strength and joy. So that's why also I just knew if I had praised him and worshipped him, he would be there because he inhabits the praises of his people and he would strengthen me and fill me with joy. So I asked the older, some older people in our congregation to pray for me and anoint me with oil after the service, <laughs> um, which they did. And I, I just want to honor them for pressing through. They didn't just pray, they prayed through. They carried on praying and carried on praying. And then somebody said to me, are you feeling anything? And I had felt a warm sensation going down my left leg, down from, from my back. And he said to Brendan, please put your hand there and carry on praying. And so they pressed through and they carried on praying. And I walked away after being prayed for, feeling slightly stiff. And by the evening, the stiffness had gone. I went to sleep with no pain. I slept through the night. And the next morning I went for a run. The night before, I couldn't even dress myself on the Saturday night. I couldn't get down. The pain was... Uh, yeah. So I'm just praising God for his healing and praising him that he takes us through times that, yeah, so that he will be glorified. It's not always easy, but that is the aim, that, that he is glorified. So I have a story that goes back to November last year. Alan and I had just come back from um, the conference at Bethel. And um, so it was the first week of November. And um, we were at 
Awaken Durban, which is a conference at Glenridge. And I think I just went because I just accompanied my husband. I think it was a Sunday night. So we're sitting towards the back of the middle-ish. And uh, Julian Adams was on the pulpit. It's a little guy, really dynamic, extremely prophetic. And I wasn't looking for anything. I was just there because my husband was there, really. I was tired. I was jet-lagged. And he points in my direction vaguely. And he says, there's someone towards the back in the middle of the row over there. And you have pain in your shoulder. And he pointed to the exact spot on himself. And I've had pain there for, I don't know, a decade. I was um, dumped by a wave. And uh, I just wasn't in the mood, you know. You know when you're just not in the mood for being healed? (laughs) Just not in the mood. I'm so tired. And your name begins with M. So I looked at Alan and he looked at me and said, get up. And I went, oh. So I stood up, touched my shoulder. He said, yes, ma'am. I was going to say that it's your left shoulder. So he said, keep your hand on it and prayed and um, asked me to do things. And when there's like 800 people watching you, it's a bit awkward. So I said, yeah, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's fine. Sat down. And there, he still hadn't started preaching. And um, the end of that story, because there's two stories here, but the end of the shoulder story is the next morning I'm lying in bed and I'm facing Alan. My back is towards my bedside table. And I have not been able to, for more than a decade, put my, my, my um, what is this, my arm behind me to switch on the lamp. I have not ever been able to do that for a very long time. So I'm lying there, and it's, and it's dark. It's still dark, wee hours of the morning, and I thought I would put my lamp on. And I've always had to turn around and do it with this arm. So I'm lying there, and I said to God, well, if you really did heal me, I'm going to humor you. Show me that you did. And with perfect ease and no pain at all, I I switched on the lamp, and I thought, wow, that's really, really cool. Thank you. Healing that I wasn't looking for, wasn't really in the mood for it. What's with that? But then he carried on. So he prayed for a number of other people. And then um, he said, before I preach, I just there's one other thing I want to do. I want to just pray for eyesight, anyone who's wearing glasses. And he prayed for physical eyesight. And then he said, actually, it gets bigger. I think we need to pray. I just really feel that we need to pray for our spiritual eyes. So if you want your spiritual eyesight to be improved, please stand up, he said. Put your hands on your eyes. Oh, and I sprung up because I firmly believe that we're on earth for a short while in our human suits, but it's not what we're designed for. We're designed for the world that's all around us that we cannot see. We live by faith, not by sight. So I spring up and I repeat after me, he says, and he, and he prayed a prayer. And with both hands on both eyes, I repeated from the depths of me this prayer about um, asking God to sharpen our spiritual eyesight, open the eyes of our hearts. So it's the next morning. I've leaned over. I've seen that my shoulder's um, awesome, and that's great. Grab my Bible, go into the lounge, and sit on the chair there. 
and have some quiet time with the Lord. And I'm praying, oh, I'm praying for the children. I'm praying for this church. I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for oodles of things. And, and I've forgotten about what I prayed last night, about spiritual eyesight. And I suddenly become tingly aware of another dimension happening in the room. And I open my eyes and I look around the lounge and I think, gosh, I wonder where the angels are. Because I know the angels are here, but I wonder where they are. I wonder what they're wearing. I wonder what they look like. I wonder if they're men or women. And um, I became acutely aware of the spiritual realm, that which I could not see. And, and, and I became aware that my prayers were rising to heaven as incense. And they're now sitting in a gold bowl in heaven. And I could see it. That's in Revelation. Uh, it's fascinating. So our prayers are sitting in a gold bowl in heaven. And it's incense. So your prayers smell like something in heaven. And I was just so aware of that. And as God sees fit, he sends angels on assignment to earth based on the contents of the bowl. And we say, oh, well, I've got nothing else to do. I might as well pray. Like prayer is a last resort. Prayer moves heaven. Prayer moves the heart of God. And I just sat in my chair. I was so acutely aware that every, it was like heaven was waiting on every word that I was saying in prayer to God. So, so important to him is it that we pray. And um, it was only about a week later that I was telling my friend. And she said, oh, but the night before you'd prayed for your spiritual eyesight. And that hadn't even occurred to me that that would have been connected, that God takes us seriously when we pray, but according to his will. So we don't pray our own agendas. We get on page with our God and we pray into his agenda. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Wyatt is four years old. And Wyatt has brain cancer. And Wyatt lives in Australia. And two weeks ago, Wyatt had a 12-hour operation. They went through his nose, through his palate, the ear, nose, and throat specialist started, followed by the neurosurgeon. If you can picture the center of his brain, followed by the spinal surgeon. They operated for 12 hours. He came out of surgery and had to go back again. During the course of the surgery, they removed two of his ribs. Please remember, he's only four. And we started to pray. And I know that Jackie and Joey aren't here today, but we prayed, we prayed, and we prayed. And I cried, and I cried, and I cried. So today, the message that I got before I came to church, and I'll read it to you. Sorry, I'm a bit shaky. <clears throat> message from Ray. All tubes, hoses, and connections gone. First day on solid food. Amazing turnaround. Must be a Crampton. Of course, that's my maiden name. Hopefully our last day. 
still gets tired really quick and very sore all over, so very gentle. He has four new scarves. Shortest one is one inch, longest is four inches. Thank you, God. And I just want to say, please, will you continue to pray for this little boy? He really is rather delightful and only four. Thank you. Lord, we hold Wyatt up to you even now. We hold him up to your grace and your healing touch. We thank you for what the doctors have done. But we just do know that life comes from you. And so we ask, Lord, for your healing touch on on little Wyatt. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This is an old testimony because I'm old. When I was about 12, 13, I couldn't see the board when I was at school. And so I was given glasses, and I wore glasses continually. And uh, when I was about 18, 19, an, an evangelist called Branham came to Durban, and I went to visit, well, we went to the meetings. They were like heaven, because I had come from a nominal church and uh, who never heard about healing at all. And um, they stood up on the platform, and Brandon prayed for a lot of people, and he prayed for one man particularly that, that I remember who was a smoker. And he said to this man, you've got a packet of springbok cigarettes in your pocket and I thought that's amazing I mean he's American and so he said take them out and he put them on the table and he said I'm not going to pray for you anymore because you've got another packet in your other pocket (laughs) and uh, this I suppose rose my faith to say and then then he, he threw it open he said, is anybody else, we, we're just going to pray a general prayer. And I said, Lord, I want you to heal my eyes. I don't want to wear these glasses for the rest of my life. And I took the glasses off in faith, and they prayed the prayer. And at the city hall in Durban, when I got down to the foyer, I had a bag, and these glasses fell out of my bag and broke. And I took that as a sign from God. And I sent the glasses back to my mother. And she sent them back to me. She said, don't be so stupid, you know. Wear those glasses. But day by day, my, heal, my eyes got stronger and heal, And I, could now, I can now, I live in Kloof, see right across the gorge, right, people walking. And... Uh, I drive today without glasses, and uh, I, I, I now sort of use glasses just to read, but uh, God's kept me in here. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anybody else? I said, this is a bit of a work in progress, but it's been the craziest time for my family um, in the last 
couple of weeks. Um, my sister lives in Joburg. Her name is her name is Corinne, and she is she lives in a different world. It's a very businessy. It's very um, fast paced. She's amazing. She does amazing, amazing, amazing work, and she's been going through a really, really hard time. She has a million things that she's doing all at the same time, and it's kind of just worn her down a little bit. Um, and so we're just talking about it as a family the other day. Um, and we're just like, okay, cool. There's two ways we can tackle this. One, we're going to get overwhelmed by it. Or two, we're going to be really excited because God is doing something. He's like brought her to a place where he is doing something. And it's been the coolest thing because my family's just come together as just like this whole group. And we're just like, okay, cool. We are standing together that God is going to do the most amazing thing. And he has done <laughs> the most amazing thing. Um, and so... Um, it's been crazy. We were busy. like we all, everybody's been praying. We formed a little WhatsApp group and it's called Prayer Champions. <laughs> and we're like every morning we're like praying together and stuff over Kari and her family. Um, and um, Kari is just like what we actually want is for Kari to know God because she um, she's been a Christian. She's grown up as a Christian, but she's not a practicing Christian. Um, and we just are holding out that she is going to love God with everything in her. So we're busy chatting, and I was thinking about it the other day, um, and I was like, okay, cool, I actually need to kind of talk to her about this a little bit, <laughs> but she wanted to do it in so much love, and um, so I kind of was like, and this could go really badly wrong, because <laughs> when someone's in a really hard place, it's really hard to do it with love and care, and so I was like, oh, I was like, like we can, I've got something, I wanted to kind of bring a slightly different perspective to this, and um, she was like, cool, so anyway, I wrote her this long message on WhatsApp, and then I sent it and it didn't go through. I was like, hey, God, what was that? I was like, I put like an hour and a half into typing that. I didn't go through. But then I talked to her the next morning and I was like, cool. I sent you this long message and she, and she was like, okay, cool. Um, just send it again. So I was like, cool. So I sent it and it was basically like everything is okay. Every, even though everything looks not okay, like God's working in this and everything is okay. And that's a really horrible thing to say to someone who's going through a really hard time. But um and she was like, and she came back with this short, sharp message. She was like, yeah, that makes me really mad. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be wonderful. So I was like, <laughs> and, I was, and she was like, can I call you? So I was like, she was like, can I call you in five minutes? It was like the longest five minutes in my life. But I was like, cool. Yes, of course you can call me. Call me in five minutes. I'll be waiting. So I called. she called. And it was the most amazing conversation we've ever had. And it was the craziest thing. And it was just like... Kari, this is like bigger than what's going on here. Um, God is so good and he's amazing, but um, I can't remember what I said. I like, probably can't even explain it very well now. But it was like um, he is in this situation and um, like he, he just says like there is peace in the craziness of all of this and he's going to help you through this. Like there's no other way. Like things are not cool. He's going to be the one who gets you through this. And it started this whole trail of stuff and my family's been dealing with a whole lot of it. But every day she like, she like asks for more and wants more. And we got people to give words from different places, people that don't know her. And she's like, that was the most amazing thing in the whole world. Oh yes. And we took her through a place of like, okay, just sit down, Kari. Cause she was like, I'm really mad with God. I was like, 
that's okay. He's okay with that. Um, and it's just like, because <laughs> I went through a time when I was really mad with God too. And he just walked me through that. And I looked back, I was like, wow, he's really amazing. And sometimes that just happens. And he's okay with that. He will be there anyway. And so I was like, just sit down. And I'm going to ask God to just give you the biggest hug in the whole world. She was like, what? He does that? I was like, yeah. So he, like she sat down and I was like, okay, just feel him like wrapping his arms around you. Because people need presence. They don't know. They don't know. Um, and so she was like, wow, I just feel it like real, like really, really, really at peace. I was like, there it is. That's it. God wants to give you peace. Um, and so it's been the craziest thing. Words from every, like people all over the world. Um, every single one has spoken to her. Um, she's just like, I feel like God is taking me on a crazy journey. I was like, yep, that he is. Um, and, uh, every day it's just like, wow. And she's, it's, it's just exciting. And we're in the middle of it. But, um, I just see how one, he's pulled my family together. Two, he's working crazily in her life. And it's kind of like, if we don't say something, she is lost anyway. And this is a big thing to say, but I went through it another time. If, if we don't say stuff to people, they are lost anyway, and they are gone. If they don't know God, they are gone. And it's like, how many opportunities do we have to lose before we realize that, that people will, like, people want God. They really want him. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just getting through that part of, I'm really mad. <laughs> that's really scary. But that's what we're afraid of. If people turn around and go like, I don't believe you, I'm really mad. But you just get through that, and then there's exciting things on the other side of it. Yeah. Just a word for Kari. I think uh, it's God's got it. God's got it. And there's a, there's a sense in which we, what's the worst thing that happens when we pray, if we pray for somebody and they don't get healed? What's the worst that can happen? Nothing. You know, that's, uh, so we, we need to be, but we need to be praying. We need to be stepping out. What's the worst that if you uh, challenge your, your sister, what's the worst? Well, she can get grumpy with you. Well, that's, that's okay. But we have life. And we need to be much bolder than we are. Not worry about their reaction. Let the Lord handle that. So what are we going to do now is we, we're going to give thanks. We're going to give thanks, and I think each one of you, each one of you here, probably could have got up and shared a story of when you've been, when you were healed somewhere along the line, when God touched your life. Each one of us could have got up, and I want us to sing us a couple of songs of thanksgiving, and then we are going to pray for people who want healing, because I believe, as we've heard stories, our faith levels have risen, and God is here to heal. He's not a God for, uh, far off and far away. He's intimately and he wants healing. So anybody who needs healing in any form or way, I want you to come forward. And I want uh, people, the people who have shared their stories today to come and pray with you and release God's healing into your lives. Healing is not just for the, uh, the, the, the special guys. Each of us in Jesus, we carry, we carry God. We carry Jesus. So we can pray for each other and expect each other to be healed.